1: hello everyone welcome to the October 21st episode of the bacon bets podcast NFL week 7 and guess what <laughs> <laughs> 10 and four week six that means it's time for the victory song
0: I can't stop this feeling
1: mm. Mm. deep
0: inside of me
1: I said I had to hit 10 wins. Girl, there was only 14 games, and I still hit 10 wins. You do to me? Didn't even need all 16 that games. That when you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's all right. I'm, I'm hooked on. 63, 31, plus 29.92 units as we head into week 7 action. Yes, now we have even fewer games in week 7, so I'll have to go 10 and 3 if we want to hear the victory song next week, because only 13 games this week. Uh, maybe if I get 9 wins, I'll, I'll whip out the victory song, but probably not. I would let's aim for 10 and 3. Uh, but yeah, sixty three thirty one plus twenty nine point nine two units so far on the road to two hundred and seventy two bets. If you're brand new to listening, because I have act- actually had a couple DMs asking me this, what's the road to two seventy two? Well, there's two hundred and seventy two NFL games. I bet on every single NFL game, one bet per game, either spread, money line if it's an uh, underdog sometimes, or total, and I go throughout the NFL season and see how I do. So right now, sixty three thirty one plus twenty nine point nine two units. Very hot start. But then again, if you don't think I can blow this, then you haven't been betting on sports for very long. I hope I don't. I hope I keep getting this hot every single week. But then again, I mean, I'm up 30 units. If I finish somehow down units by the end of the season, that might rival the Falcons for the greatest collapse of all time. Which would be very fitting for me in my life. But (laughs) we roll on with week 7 action. Last week's theme was to not overthink it. And we didn't. A lot of favorites, a lot of favorites one big. This week, bit of a complete opposite theme. theme for this week's podcast is plug your nose, because there's going to be some ugly, ugly bets that I'm going to be making this week, but sometimes you just got to plug your nose and take some ugly bets. So before I get into the picks here, um, because, same as last week, because there's not the full 16 game slate, i uh, going to answer a question, and I'm kind of combining a lot of questions that I get into kind of. Two questions, or maybe one question with two parts, and it's all about units. Um, So really quick before I get into this, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. I appreciate everyone who has. Thank you very much. That helps us out. We are growing very quickly. I appreciate all of you. If I've won you some money, if you've enjoyed the free content, you can always tip me Venmo or CashUp, IanMac35, I-A-I-N, M A C 35 obviously like I always say don't feel like you have to content will always be free but the option is there but please subscribe rate review all that good stuff so big question is units and I get asked this question all the time or at least this first part of it is how much is my unit because if you guys notice I never tell you how much I'm betting on these games I always just say one unit and I tell you how many units I'm up or down at the end there's a reason why I don't tell people what my unit size is and I when I say I don't tell people I don't tell anyone because there's no winning no matter what i say what my unit size is people are going to judge on either side of it i will tell you more it's i'll tell you it's more than a dollar how about that <laughs> it's more than a dollar it's less than $1000 somewhere in that range and, they, and and i mean so this is why so if i say a dollar figure amount no matter what i say there will be people who on one side will think that i'm not betting enough i mean there's this whole kind of thought behind a lot of especially like twitter sports bettors who think that like in order for you to be a a, like a real gambler you need to be betting at least hundred dollars on these games um so there will be people who think i don't bet enough and there will also be people who think i bet too much and that i have a gambling problem so there's just absolutely no winning um when i if i tell people my unit size and also if i tell people my unit size it's kind of like asking how much i make because you can probably deduce how much i make based on What my unit size would be, so there's just no winning, and there's I mean there's no there's no what would I gain by telling you how 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 much I'm betting? I will say I will not unit shame anybody. If people bet a small amount, I will never judge you. Bet responsibly. I always say that. I tweeted out this week: don't pay for picks, don't you know use Twitter bookies, people who just run their own sports book on a Twitter account. I can't believe people do it. I've never seen anyone not get scanned by by. Betting with Twitter bookies, use an offshore at least, um, and gamble responsibly. There's a reason why sports books are big castles made of gold. It's because it's almost impossible to win money long term. It should be for entertainment purposes only. Gamble responsibly. I do. You 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 should too. So I will never unit. Shape. If you bet five dollars on games, I don't care if that's what is a good unit size for you. Then that is perfect. Now the second half of that question is why do I bet? Why do I always risk one unit instead of bet to win one unit? So what I do is I no matter what the no matter what the odds are, I bet the exact same amount on every single bet. Um, at least for this purpose, it's for road to 272 things like golf vote rates and and you know if I ever the rare occasion I do a parlay, I'll I'll do less than a unit. Or if there's a rare rare occasion where I really like a play and it's you know maybe a big favorite or something, then I'll do two units. But especially for the road to 272 bets, everything is one unit. That's what I do. There are other people who will bet um, to win a unit. so if the uh, if, if the juice is minus 110 they'll bet you know whatever they need to bet to win the unit if they're betting on an underdog they'll like let bet less money whatever they need to do to win that unit. I mean, there's not really a a reason why you should do one way or the other that I'm aware of. It just really comes down to kind of what you want to do. If you're going to bet to win a a unit, then you're risking more on favorites, you're risking less on underdogs. Because obviously if you're betting to win a unit, um, and your unit is, let's say, just for a round number 100 bucks and you're betting on a minus 150 favorite, you have to risk more. You have to bet 150 to win that one unit. Whereas if you're looking to just win $100 and you're betting on an underdog, you have to bet um, less than $100. So if you're betting to win a unit, you're risking more on favorites. You're risking less on underdogs. If you just bet a flat unit like I do, you're risking less on favorites, and you're risking more on underdogs. I just kind of like betting on underdogs. If if you guys haven't noticed, I mean, it always feels weird to me betting on favorites and, and laying more. Favorites are usually the, pu- the the public side. People usually bet more on favorites than the underdogs. Generally, I and I, I subscribe to the to the thought that gambling is a coin flip. If I'm going to get better odds on the underdog, I I don't mind risking the same amount. So, um. I don't know. That's just me. And also, I think it's a little bit easier to keep track of as well. It would just kill me to bet on a favorite and lose like almost two units just to win a unit. I'd rather just bet a unit and take less winnings, if that makes sense. But this is all 100% personal preference. There's not a better way to do it one way or the other. In my opinion, it's all personal preference. So there you go. I explained why I don't tell people my units. Um, and I explained bet to win a unit or risk a unit. It's all personal preference. But the main thing is gamble responsible you should because this is all for entertainment we're not gonna get rich but so far this season we're making a little bit of money for tailing these picks am I gonna regress I hope not I hope I hit at this rate for the rest of the season actually one of the reasons why I think I'm doing so well because this is like the first time in like six or seven years I haven't entered any of those big money contests because I haven't done well in them historically. So I was like, I'm not going to waste money getting in these contests. And now I'm hitting at like close to 70%. So if I was in a spread contest, like one of the Vegas ones, like the Super Contest or something. I would to be doing very, very well in it. So of course this is happening the first year. I don't enter any of those. So, <laughs> well, Like if I finish, if I go this whole football season hitting at this high of a rate. For the rest of my life, I'm going to regret not entering a contest. It is going to kill me. So part of me kind of hopes I collapse here. So I don't have that haunting me for the rest of my life um but oh well let's keep winning i guess i'd rather i'll take the winnings i get week to week um this has been a longer intro than normal, but we only have 13 games to go over oh and also on this episode something i haven't done i've had a few people request is at the end of the show when i recap my picks i'm also going to give my favorite teaser bet and i'm also going to give um my favorite i'm going to talk survivor picks as well i know a lot of you are in survivor pools i'm going to talk that a little bit at the end as well Uh, but without further ado let's get into some, some picks here friends This is the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's go! More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 handle. Okay, we're going to start with Thursday Night Football, as always. Browns, Broncos. The line has moved down to minus one and a half after Baker Mayfield was ruled out today. Case Keenum taking over at quarterback, but if you listen to last week's episode, you probably know where I'm going to go here because I'm going to stick with the Browns. Why? Because I'm a huge under-react guy. Everyone jumping on the Broncos, Case Keenum out, Nick Chubb out. Kareem Hunt, oh, who's going to move the ball for them? Oh, Case Keenum is in. How can you bet on the Browns? Ah, uh-uh. Big underreact guy here. What I care about is the Browns' offensive line, which I know they actually have a couple banged-up guys as well, but they still have the best offensive line in the league. If they can continue to do their job like they have all season, the backups of the skill positions are going to be just fine. Listen, Case Keenum, he's fine. He's probably the most, one of the most competent backup quarterbacks in the NFL. He's fine. Remember the few good years he had with Minnesota; those are fun. I still, I, to be honest, I don't even know who's the who's the running who's the third string running back. I don't even know. Doesn't matter because the offensive line is what important is what's important. I still think they're going to run the ball. Um, and also, I really don't trust this Broncos team anymore. A little interesting stat to note here is that the Broncos are dead last in the NFL and third down conversion rate this season, dead last. They are getting a first down on only only 29.87% of third downs. In my opinion, that's a true indicator of, is of how effective an offense is as a whole. If you can't get first downs on third downs, that's bad. That's a bad sign for an offense. Broncos are on the road. Browns are still a solid core team, I think. I am underreacting to the injury news. I kind of like that it happened, and I'm glad it was announced today so I could get this line at minus one and a half because I was going to take it at minus three. I'll take it all day at minus one and a half. Browns, minus one and a half, minus 110, Thursday night football. Underreact. Everyone's going to overreact to these kinds of things. Be the underreact guy or girl. Shout out any females listening to this. All four of you. (laughs) and then we're going to start off we're moving all the way to Sunday obviously and we're going to start off right away with what is going to be my spiciest take of the episode my friends this is my Moneyline Underdog Pick of the Week and I will note I am 8-1 on Moneyline Underdogs this season 8-1 the only one I didn't hit was the Lions against the Bears a few weeks ago and I still regret that I don't know why I took the Lions there (laughs) but the one I'm taking this week is an aggressive one it's this is like a heat check. This is like a heat check on my on my money. I've been draining money line underdogs from all over the court. This is a heat check shot. I'm like heaving this up from the logo. Give me the Bengals plus two twenty five on the money line against the Baltimore Ravens. How about that? How about that for a heat check? I'm tossing this up from the logo. Now, believe it or not, the Cincinnati defense has actually been among the best in the NFL through the first six weeks. They rank second in opponent yards per play at 5.1, and what what, what might be even more important is that they rank seventh in opponent yards per carry at 3.9. That's a good recipe for hoping to stop the Ravens, which we all know their whole offense revolves around the run game. So very good defense, very good run defense, which is very weird because I don't know what the Bengals did in the offseason to go from one of the worst defenses in the NFL to one of the best, but they're good. And the Ravens defense, which everyone just assumes is good, they have not been good this year. They're what, like 22nd or something in opponent yards per play? They're 21st in opponent yards per pass attempt. Joe Burrow, I think, is going to do well against this Ravens defense. And this is just a sell-high spot. On the Ravens. Big comeback against the Colts a couple weeks ago. Crushed the Chargers, which everyone was on last week. So now everyone's, everyone's naming the Ravens Super Bowl contenders. They're all over them. They're a great team. No, no, no. Don't, don't forget, this is a team that needed a 66 yard field goal to be the Lions. I know it's tough. It's you know, I've said this before NFL is the sport that people fall to recency bias more than any other sport because there's only one game a week. So, it's very easy to forget a game or uh, uh, um, forget what happened three games ago, four games ago, because that was a month ago. Whereas other sports, you see two or three games in a week. This is a big sell-high spot on this Ravens team. I'm getting aggressive. Now, I will say that. If you want my number one best bet of the week, it'd be Bengals plus six. This is why I'm getting aggressive on their money line. But if you want, if you want what I would say is my best bet of the week, it's Bengals plus six on the spread. If you, if you don't want to get aggressive with the money line, I don't blame you whatsoever because this is an aggressive play. But I will say Bengals plus six, I think is easily the best bet on the board this week, easily. But I'm, gonna, I'm getting aggressive. Heat check, heat check. Let's see what happens uh moving on to Giants and Panthers I am going to take the Giants plus three at minus 113 as the juice here at home I have no idea what to do in this game and when I don't have any idea what to do in a game I'm just going to take the team getting the points especially if they're at home I mean let's be honest these teams stink they're actually very similar to each other in a lot of areas but they stink 20th and 25th in offensive yards per play then you'd, you'd think the Panthers defense is good Seventh in opponent yards per play, but then when you realize their first three games were against the Jets, Texans, and Saints, which are probably the three worst offenses in the NFL, um, what I did is I looked at how they were in opponent yards per play in their last three games. And where, where do they rank in opponent yards per play in their last three games? 27th. <laughs> Not good. Their stats are skewed because they had they played three terrible offenses the first three weeks. Giants ranked 25th in the season and pony yards were played 26 over the last three games both offenses stink both defenses stink what am I supposed to do I mean I don't I, I can't I can't look if both offenses and defenses stink I don't have an angle on the on the total which is going to show up the offenses or the defenses I don't know I know the Giants are dealing with injuries but Sam Darnold sucks Daniel Jones sucks at home for some reason the Giants are 8-21-1 against the spread in their last 30 home games. Does that trend keep up this week? I don't know. I don't like betting on trends. Neither team is good at anything, especially when you look at their last three games. I, I don't know what you, I, I don't know. I can't find an edge looking at the stats. I can't look at the stats and see an angle where, like... So, I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I look at games and I legitimately don't know what to do if I wasn't betting on all 272 NFL games I would pass on this game but I'm betting on all 272 games so I gotta make a pick so I guess I'll take the team at home getting points and hope it's close that's the best I can do I'm sorry I could make a, I could make something up and say I'm super confident in the play in this game but I, I'm i honest if nothing else I'm honest I, I don't know I don't know what to do in this game give me the home team getting points Then Washington Packers. So I said the theme this week is plug your nose. This is probably the first plug your nose play of the week. Washington plus 8 minus 110 against the Packers. So the Packers, I think this is another sell high spot on a team. They're getting a little bit more love than they deserve. Even though Washington stinks, this is a plug your nose game. You'll probably think, oh, Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP. Oh, Devontae Adams. Oh, you're so good. Oh, the Packers offense is so good. Well, Green Bay's offense is 18th in yards per play, only slightly better than Washington at 21st. Green Bay's offense is also 14th in third down conversion percentage, 22nd in red zone offense, 15th in yards per carry, 12th in yards per pass attempt. If you look at the statistics, and you kind of put out of your mind Aaron Rodgers, you know, running in the touchdown against the Bears and telling them that that he owns them, and oh, he's a former MVP, oh, this and that. Third, statistically, statistically, and numbers don't lie. So far through the first six weeks, they are st- statistically an average offense. Also, I brought this up last week. Their defense is still dead last in red zone defense. Every single time a team has gotten in the red zone against them, they've scored a touchdown. They have a red zone defense of 0%. 15 total trips into the Packers red zone, 15 touchdowns. That is crazy. That's not good. That's not a good sign. Now, I will say, I'm not going to go ahead and, and follow this up by citing any Washington stats, because they all stink. But I think eight points is too many for a team whose stats don't match up with the public perception. People are crowning the, the Packers Super Bowl contenders. I don't think they are. Are they a good team? Sure. Do they deserve to get eight points in this game, or uh, uh, lay eight points in this game? I don't think so. It's so over that magic number of seven. Plug your nose, Washington, plus eight, minus one, ten. And we're going Chiefs-Titans. I don't have a lot to say about this game. Just give me the over. Over 57, minus 110. Crazy high total. I can't bet on the Chiefs laying points with how bad their defense is. But the Titans' defense stinks too. They both stink. 27th and dead last in opponent yards per play. 27th and 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Chiefs, 30th in opponent yards per carry. Teams are getting 5.2 yards per carry against them. So Derek Henry should have a day. It's probably going to be another game that comes down to the last possession. And even though people are starting to doubt the Chiefs' offense a little bit, they're still 3rd in yards per play. Titans got 7.1 yards per play against against a solid Bills defense last week. I don't know, it's a weird game. I wouldn't be surprised with any result, but if I'm confident in anything, it's that both defenses suck. So, I'll go ahead and take the over 57, even though it's a high number. Falcons-Dolphins. I am going to back my Falcons in this one, 25 Minus 115, and I'm sticking with what I said last week. I actually think the Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL right now. Maybe the Texans too, but like once te- the Texans get Tyrod Taylor back, then I think the Dolphins are straight up the worst team in the NFL. Just terrible. Their defense, which was supposed to be good this year, ranks near the bottom of the league in almost every stat, lower than the Falcons' defense. Also, I think our Arthur Smith is starting to kind of settle in with the Falcons offensively. Matt Ryan and the rest of the team has looked much better in the last couple of games, even without Calvin Ridley. Who is actually back in the lineup this week? And the Falcons are eighth and red zone scoring off uh sorry, red zone offense, fifth and third down conversion percentage. Those are good signs. Now, as you all know, I'm a diehard Falcons fan. So keep that in mind. But the Falcons have the Dolphins, Panthers, and Saints in the next three weeks. They could get to five and three. That's possible. If they're five and three, they're on the hunt, baby. Maybe it's probably because it's it's been a week off since I've last seen them play, and the last time I've seen them play is against the Jets. But I, I might be starting to believe this Falcons team. Those underlying stats of 8th and red zone offense and 5th and 3rd down conversion percentage, that's promising. In my opinion, red zone and 3rd down are kind of underlying stats that people don't look at a lot, but I think they actually kind of show the uh, more of a bigger picture about offenses sometimes. I might be believing. And now, of course... Because I'm saying all of this, the Dolphins are going to (laughs) win. I mean, this is classic Falcons. But my pick for that game is Falcons minus 2.5, minus 115. Jets, Patriots, under 42.5, minus 110. I mean, this is an obvious play. I'm just going to list some numbers here. Yards per play. So offensive yards per... So these are three offensive stats first. Yards per play. Patriots 23rd, Jets 31st. Red zone offense. Patriots 30th, Jets 28th. Points per game. Patriots 24th, Jets dead last. Now let's look at the defensive side of those statistics. Opponent yards per play. Patriots 13th, Jets 9th. Red zone defense. Patriots 5th, Jets 2nd. Jets have the second best red zone defense in the NFL, which is kind of surprising in my opinion. Scoring defense, so how many points per game they're allowing. Patriots 9th, Jets 18th. So, it's extremely clear that these two teams have bad offenses and good defenses. Also, Bill Belichick has been one of the most conservative coaches in the league this season. The Jets offense is non-existent against decent defenses. They've already played once this season and the game ended with only 31 total points. I know the total is low in this game. I don't care. The under is the only play, in my opinion, for this game. Is it definitely going to hit? No. Is it my one, one of my top five picks this week? No. But I mean, what else do you want? Bad offenses, good defenses, conservative coaching, good red zone defenses, which is huge for an under. We don't want touchdowns. We want field goals for scoring. Under 42 and a half. Easy play. Now, you want to talk about a plug-your-nose game. Here is a plug-your-nose game. Lions, <laughs> it's hard for me to even say it, because <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Lions plus 15, minus 115 against the Los Angeles Rams. Now listen, you guys know if you've listened to my podcast, if you've followed my picks whatsoever, I'm a stats-first guy. 90% of my handicapping is statistics-based. I make fun of people who don't use statistics, people who use things like motivation, people who use things like meaningless tropes, like, uh, oh, they're due for a win, or, oh, it's a revenge revenge spot. Like opening night, the amount of guy, opening night in the NBA, the amount of handicappers on Twitter I said that were, or I saw that were betting on the Nets because they'd be motivated after losing the Bucks in the playoffs last year. Unbelievable. Some of these guys sell picks, and they're justifying bets because they're motivated after losing the playoffs for the team the year before. The fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> so my point behind it and all this is saying, you guys know I'm I'm a statistics guy. For this pick on the Lions, I have no statistics to back this up. Cuz actually the opposite, all the statistics say you got to bet the Rams. For example, Rams literally first in the league in yards per pass attempt. The Lions are dead last in opponent yards per pass attempt. In theory, the Rams should be able to throw the ball all over them and score at will. In theory, but for an NFL team to win by more than two touchdowns, almost everything needs to go their way. Penalties need to go their way. Turnovers need to go their way. Coaching decisions need to go their way. What refs see need to go their way. Winning by more than two touchdowns in the NFL is tough. Now, is it possible? Yes, of course. The Rams won big against the Giants last week. Of course, the Rams could win this game by 40. Sure. Definitely. But, I mean, look at the Bills and Titans game last week. There's there's not a single way you could have looked at that Bills-Titans game, looked at the stats, stats only, heading into that game, and justify the Titans winning outright. There's no way. There was just no... I, I, go back and listen to last week's episode when I break down the Titans-Bills game. I listed stats, and they it, it was Bills all day. The stats that the Bills should have won the game big. And the people I saw betting on the Titans were doing it mostly as a fade-the-public play. Which is fair. But my point is, is that... even though the stats are the, the thing I look at the most because those are the only tangible things that you have when you're trying to handicap a game. Sometimes shit just happens. Weird things happen in sports, especially the NFL. This is not college football. These are professional athletes, even on the lines. These are professional NFL players. Two touchdowns is bananas in my opinion. I don't care who, I don't care what teams are playing. But, if you're going to bet on the Rams, I would not blame you whatsoever. I would not blame anyone for taking the Rams in this spot, because all the stats say to take the Rams. All of them do. The stats say the Rams should win this game by 30 points. But you're setting the line at over two touchdowns. Two touchdowns is where I draw the line. I can take double-digit favorites if the scenario is right. I can't take a favorite over two touchdowns in the NFL. I can't. Even if the Rams are up big, I mean... They're up 21 points. The Lions score a garbage time touchdown than then they cover. Give me the Lions plus 15, minus 115. This is a plug your nose week, friends. The public has won the last two weeks big against the sports books. It's going to come back around the other way. One of these weeks is, has to be a plug your nose week. I think it's this one. Let's go Eagles Raiders next. I'm going to the under 49 at plus 100. Two teams who you probably don't think of strong defenses, but they actually do. For example, opponent yards per play. I love yards per play. Eagles are third in opponent yards per play. Vegas is fifth. The two offenses rank ninth and tenth in passing play percentage, so they both throw the ball significantly more than they run the ball. And the Raiders rank second in opponent yards per pass attempt, and the Eagles rank eighth. I'm not too sure why the total is as high as it is. I would set it at like 46, maybe 47. But it's at 49. It's almost 50. It seems strange to me. Also, by the way, finally, credit to me for not betting on the Eagles this week. First week of the season, I'm not betting on the Eagles, and I kind of wanted to. But I like the under a lot better. I think both defenses are very underrated. Um, Raiders offense might be a little overrated. Um, Eagles can run the ball very well, but they just don't for some reason they're like second in yards per carry but like like i said earlier they're 10th in passing play percentage which just doesn't make any sense to me bad bad play calling by the eagles but i don't expect that they're going to change it up this week uh so i'll take the under under 49 plus 100 then we got bucks bears so this is a double digit favorite i actually like but i, mean, I am taking bucks minus 12 and a half minus 105 in this one and it comes down to the fact that i don't know how the bears are going to get points so listen to this of the offensive yards gained by the Bears come on the ground. That is the highest mark in the NFL by a wide margin. The next closest team is the the Titans who get 43.11% of their offensive yards on the ground. So almost 10% more than any other team the Bears get their yards running the football. Well, good luck to them this week because now they're taking on one of the very best run defenses in the NFL. Bucks defense ranks second in the NFL in opponent yards per carry, allowing only 3.4. and first in op- total opponent rushing yards per game, teams are only getting 54.8 yards on the ground against them per game. So if the, the majority, I mean literally the majority, more than 50% of the yards that the Bears have got this season have come on the ground, how are you going to move the ball against one of the best run defenses? Unless Justin Fields just starts slinging it all over the place, which I guess is possible. I've seen weirder things happen, but... I don't think it's going to. And also, the opposite is true for Tampa Bay. Seventy-nine point nine seven percent of the Bucks' offensive yards gain comes through the air. So almost eighty, basically eighty percent of the yards that the Bucs gain come through the air. That's the highest mark in the NFL. And now they face a Bears defense whose weakness is in the secondary, as nineteenth, as they rank nineteenth in the NFL in opponent yards per pass attempt at seven point two. I think this game will be a blowout. Bad stylistic matchup for the Bears offense. Good stylistic matchup for the Bucks offense. Bucks, and it's double digits, but we're getting it underneath two touchdowns. Bucks minus 12.5, minus 105. Texans Cardinals. You guys know the theme of the week. You guys know what I just said about the Lions and Rams. Texans plus 17.5 minus 115 against the cardinals Now, i actually thought tyrod taylor was going to play this week and if he did like i might have even taken a shot at texans money line just for the hell of it at that whatever the price is but he's not davis mills in. but still i mean you can just go back and listen to my rant two minutes ago about the rams and lions and it's the exact same thing i draw the line at two touchdowns you're now and now you're giving me two touchdowns and a field goal 17 and a half points good god people this isn't alabama against south carolina Also, by the way, the Cardinals defense, just to kind of toss some stats in here, at least I have a couple stats for this one, more stats than I had for Rams lines, and it's more points. Cardinals defense, 18th in opponent yards per play. Bottom half of the league. Second last in opponent yards per rush at 5.2. No defense that ranks 18th in opponent yards per play and second last in opponent yards per carry deserves to be a 17 and a half point favorite. I don't care that they're MVP or that their quarterback's the MVP right now. This is insanity. 17 and a half points. I know it's ugly. The Texans stink. Truly. They stink. But this is a plug your nose week. Is your nose plugged yet? Because we're diving into shit. We're diving into some shitty teams this week. Plug your nose because it stinks. Then we're already on Sunday Night Football I guess. Can I make a bet for every game? Is it 1, 2... Three. This is great podcasting. Four, five, six, seven, eight, 9 10, 11, 12, thir- 13. Yeah, I have. I just got through it, I guess. That was a little Mike francesa moment there, just counting on air. um But yeah, Sunday night football, 49ers, Colts. I'm going to lay the points here. i going to take 49ers minus four, minus 110. I think this is going to be a get right game for the 49ers. Very tough. I think this is the toughest. This one and the Panthers Giants are the two toughest games to handicap this week. Because these two teams are just average at a lot of stuff. Both are kind of confusing. Neither team has really had a strong identity so far. They've both had flashes where they look good. They've had flashes where they look bad. But the one thing that sticks out to me in this game is the 49ers clearly have the better defenses. Offenses are comparable. 49ers' defense is much better. Defense, Colts are 20th. And they're 9th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Colts are 28th. Tough game to call for sure. Also, the Colts are a public dog this week, um, which also makes me like San Fran a little bit more. Now, I don't, like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't like these kind of tropes that people say all the time. If there is one that I do kind of like, though, um, and I would never base the bet solely on this, but I'll, I'll toss it in as a little caveat. No, it, caveat's not the right word. I'll toss this in as a little bonus point. Um, public dogs have fleas there's one trope that I kind of like, it's that one. I would never base a bet solely on that. I'd never just look at a game and be like, oh, public dog has fees, but public dogs have fleas. Colts are a public dog. I like the 49ers anyways. 49ers minus 4, minus 110 on Sunday Night Football. And then Monday Night Football, very similar handy. Oh, motorcycle. No garbage truck tonight. I'm recording this super late at night. It's currently 2.09 a.m. I slept for some reason. I got really tired after work and I slept for like four hours. So I didn't even start taking notes until 10 o'clock at night. Takes me around three, three and a half hours to do my notes. So here I am two Oh nine AM recording. So probably not going to hear a garbage truck, but there you got a little motorcycle in the background. How's that? Um, Saints minus five minus one Oh five or Seahawks, much like the Sunday night football game. This game will come down to the defenses and the saints defense. Um, is much better. The Seahawks' offense um, lacked any pop with Geno Smith, even though they did get the cover last night, uh, last week for me. Credit to me for being a big underreact guy about the Russell Wilson injury um saints d our offense isn't great either to be honest both offenses aren't great but there's a massive difference in defenses so saints 11th in opponent yards per play seattle 23rd saints best run defense in the nfl they allow only 3.3 yards per carry seahawks are 23rd in run defense allowing 4.4 yards per carry now this is actually huge because surprisingly nobody calls a higher percentage of run plays in the nfl than the saints 54.74% 54.74% of the offensive play calls the Saints have called this year have been run plays. Now, I just talked about how the Bears have the highest yards yards percentage when it comes to rushing, but the Saints have the highest rush play percentage. Difference between play calls and yards gained. Saints also have the best red zone defense in the NFL, which is huge in my opinion. Um, also... As a little, uh, once again, I'm not a trends guy, but as a little cherry on top, Saints have been good on the road in recent history, 14-4 and four against the spread in the last 18 road games. Just a lot of things to like about the Saints here, not much to like about the Seahawks. I'll lay the points with the Saints, minus 4, minus 115. So there you have it. Quick recap my picks, I'll do quick my 5 best bets, and I'll give my favorite teaser. Now I'm not going to count the teaser in my road to 272 bets, but... I've got requests for this. You guys like doing teasers. I will give you my favorite teaser. I will play it myself. Not going to count it against my official record though. It's 272 games, 272 bets. That's it. But I will put money on it. Um, So here are my picks. Browns minus five, minus 110 against the Broncos. Bengals plus 225 on the money line against the Ravens. Giants plus 3, minus 113 against the Panthers. Washington plus 8, minus 110 against the Packers. Chiefs, Titans over 57, minus 110. Falcons minus 2.5, minus 115 against the Dolphins. Jets, Patriots under 42.5, minus 110. Lions plus 15 against the Rams, minus 115. Eagles, Raiders under 49, plus 100 or even money. Uh, Bucks minus 12.5, minus 105 against the Bears. Texans plus 17.5, minus 115 against the Cardinals. 49ers, minus 4, minus 110 against the Colts. Saints, minus 5, minus 105 against the Shithawks. My five best bets for this week. Bengals, plus 6. Now, I did take them on the money line, but like I said when I was breaking down the pick, I'm going to toss in Bengals, plus 6, my best bet, because it truly is. I'm, I'm very confident Bengals cover that number. Uh, Bucks, minus 12.5. Eagles, Raiders, under 49. Browns, minus 1.5. Saints, minus 5. Those are my five best bets. Bucks, Browns, Saints, Bengals, and then Eagles, Raiders, under. Favorite teaser. Now, I'm not a teaser guy. You guys like teasers. I've got requests for my favorite teasers. The main thing, obviously, if you don't know, is you want to cross the key numbers. If you can cross both seven and three, then you're Gucci. That's perfect. If you can at least cross one of the two, then you're great. uh, And you never want to cross zero. So my favorite teaser for this week, probably a pretty obvious one. But I think it's great. Packers. So at the six-point teaser, you take the Packers down to minus two, and you take the Bucks down to minus six and a half. So the Bucks need to win by touchdown. Packers need to win by field goal. How does that not hit, eh? Hey, how does that not hit? Packers, you cross both key numbers because you go from minus eight down to minus two. Bucks, you. Some people consider a key number 10. If you consider 10 a key number, then you're passing 10 and 7. If you don't, then you at least pass 7. So Packers 2, minus 2. Bucks minus 6.5, minus 120. That is my favorite teaser bet of the week, and I actually like it quite a bit. If it yeah, I'll do it. I'll keep doing a favorite teaser every week. Let's see if this one hits, though. Survivor? Now, people have also asked me to break down, like, a Survivor pick for this week. I don't really know how I would do that because, like, I don't know... What teams you all have picked. I'll tell you where where, where I'm at in the in the bet sided survivor pool, I kinda screwed myself because I did, took I've already taken all of the, the like the double digit favorites this week. Um I've already taken them all already in, in weeks past. So my survivor pick, believe it or not, is the Browns on Thursday night. Only a one and a half point favorite, but I love underreacting to shit. I think the Browns win this game handedly. Little risky. Because there's probably going to be future matchups I could use the Browns for. Which probably would have been better matchups. But I don't really love anything else on the board to be honest. As far as a survivor pick. Obviously you can take... I mean the Packers. I already took them as my issue. Rams obviously. But I've already taken them. Buccaneers obviously. I've already taken them. Cardinals obviously. But I've already taken them. Now if you're listening to this after Thursday. You don't have any of the double digit favorites left. Um... I guess I would say for a survivor pick, if none of those are options, I would stay away from the Ravens. Obviously, if I'm taking betting on Bengals' money line, I would stay away from the, the Ravens. I, I would stay away from the Patriots. I think that might kind of be a risky game for them, to be completely honest with you. I would go, I think I would go with the Saints on Monday night. I don't see Geno Smith beating the Saints' defense. The Saints' defense, like I talked about when I broke down my pick, a lot of good things about the Saints defense: first in red zone defense, first in, in rushing defense. That's that, that's a tough night out for Geno Smith and the Seahawks. So there you have it. If you don't have a double digit favorite available in Survivor, or if you want a pick that's a little bit off the beaten path, take the Saints on Monday night. How about that? How about that for a little Survivor breakdown? Eh? Uh, there you have it, though. Subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. Best of luck with your picks this week. Let's keep it going. This has been the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, and the road to 272 bets continues.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.